0: Good evening, or, or good late afternoon. I'm um, Claus Heidner, director of um, Hamlet. I'm Mark Lawson. Um, did you start with an attitude towards the familiarity of it to some
1: people? I think there are a small handful of plays. Maybe there's two plays, Hamlet and Romeo and Juliet, which nobody ever sees for the first time. Uh, <laughs> because uh, in some way, they know it, they know what happens. and familiar lines come cascading at you. Was I deliberately and self-consciously attempting to shock those who've seen it many times into a new awareness of the play? Uh, I think always the best way of doing that with Shakespeare uh, is to treat it on the page as if it's never been done before. With this play, I felt very strongly that what... He was showing to the audience at the globe in 1600 or 1601 whenever it was first done was an image of the world that it itself lived in that a state which exerts control through a highly developed internal security system, a state where nobody can say anything without worrying that someone might be overhearing it, taking it down, using it against you that 's what they knew, not just the courtiers um, but I suspect, more or less, everybody in the audience. One of the decisions you took, which seemed to me very sensible, is that it's clearly
0: modern and there are, there are bodyguards and uh, secret agents uh, wisp- speaking with their sleeves and so on. But I saw another recent modern dress where they had CCTV cameras swiveling everywhere and everyone had mobile phones. Now it seems to me if you do that you get into difficulties because why does Hamlet then send a letter from the boat instead of using his sat phone? And why do they not know where Polonius is because they would have tracked him dragging the body down the corridor. So you've dispensed with
1: that. You can only follow your nose on this because I, I agree with you. If we were being meticulous in the, in the reproduction of an early 21st century post-Soviet dictatorship, then, yes, the CCTVs would be swivelling, and we would draw attention to the fact that there are CCTV cameras on the set, but you cheat. You cheat the way Shakespeare cheats. Shakespeare is always writing about his own England, his own London. Um, He pulls in whatever details suit him moment by moment, and all you can do is you can hope that the inconsistencies that um, every staging, um, whether period or modern, Every staging is going to, is, is going to expose inconsistencies because the plays themselves aren't consistent.
0: I just want to talk about some of the um, decisions you've made because I reckon it's about the 50th Hamlet I've seen and I was amazed because there are details and line readings that have never, ever occurred to me. Some of the things you do, is, for example, and this uh, seemed to be an extraordinary one, you effectively cast an offstage character in the way you've cast it. So Polonius in the play, we never meet Mrs. Polonius or even know if she's existed but you have um, a white Polonius and then you have non-white Laertes and Ophelia. And in effect, therefore, you start thinking, well, that's interesting. So Polonius was perhaps married to um, a Jamaican woman, or, and what's happened to her? Has she perhaps been wiped out by um, Claudius? Has she been banished from the court? And it seemed to me that was an amazingly subtle thing to do, that we, in effect, we start thinking about a character who
1: isn't even in the play. I, I can't pretend that that was um, a cunning plan, um, <laughs> <laughs> because that was that was very simply uh, that I asked Ruth Neger, who was in Fed, to play Ophelia because I wanted to work with her again. And I thought she'd be a marvellous Ophelia, and then thought, uh, and Ruth is mixed race, and I thought it would be, I thought it would be, it would quite simply help a sense that there's a real sister and a real brother here if I, if, if there was the right mixed-race actor to play Laertes, but I would actually quite uh, perfectly happily cast, um, cast anybody with, um, with, with any parental background as, as Laertes, but there was a very good actor, uh, Alex Lanapican, who, um, who could play Laertes. But what it did do, which was a happy accident, is that it did suggest um, a mother. But I think there's a wider point. There's so much in the play where you feel there's a missing scene here. There's obviously a missing scene between Hamlet and Ophelia. You have to take so much on trust. Um, You have to believe every word, and they're not that many words, that you're told about what might have happened between them before the play starts. Uh, So you think, well, there's a Hamlet-Ophelia play. There's obviously Um, a a, a Rosegrass Guildenstern play. play. (laughs) There's also a play about what really happened between Gertrude Hamlet, and Claudius. John Updike's written the novel. It's no surprise that... Tom Stoppard's written a play, John Updike's written a novel, and, and so much else has been written around Hamlet. Of course, in fact, he got it right. An extra Hamlet-Ophelia scene somewhere near the beginning would be terrible dramaturgically. You'd probably cut it thinking, we can't hang around and, uh, uh, and listen to this. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's part of the play's fascination and part of its genius that, that it leaves you virtually, scene by scene, wanting to know more, asking more questions. In that
0: way, it's like life. I mean, what, was old Hamlet, was he a good king or not? I mean, all those questions are there, aren't they? We have yeah. no
1: idea, and they're all um, they're no left idea. hanging, yeah. Why, why, in fact, is Claudius king? We know it's an elective monarchy. At no point, well, there's one line somewhere towards the end where, in Act Five, where Hamlet says that Claudius popped in between the election and his hopes. But at no point does anyone ever question Uh, the election of Claudius. Well, we assume that there there, there is a Danish electoral college. We assume it's peopled by the Danish nobility. Um, We know that Hamlet was in Wittenberg when old Hamlet died. But at no point does does anyone remark on the oddity of the election of Claudius over the sun. Then we find out exactly the same thing happened in in, uh, Norway. And in Norway, um, old Fortinbras killed by old Hamlet has been killed by, has been succeeded by his brother, who's impotent and bedridden, so they haven't even elected a, a decent brother. They've elected an impotent and bedridden brother <laughs> and passed over young Fortinbras, who seems to be exactly the kind of king that, um, that, that an ambitious expansionist state might want. There's all these questions. Just, you just keep thinking, why, why, why? And, and I think that's part of the play's genius.
0: I th- a guess for a director, one of the hardest things is the ghost, which has been done in various ways over the recent decades. So um, you, um, you've gone for a physical ghost, but it is because to get that sense of fear
1: in the, those opening scenes is hard. Be absolutely rigorous about imagining what it would be like if this happened for real to us now. What would we feel like? What would these actors, Shakespeare, who is the most brilliant man of the theatre... How does he make the ghost terrifying? By putting on stage three blokes who are terrified. You know, he's putting on, he, he's putting on Hamlet uh, in broad sunlight in the open air with no tricks. So how do you make the ghost terrifying? By asking the audience to experience it through the terror of two soldiers and Horatio. So if the ghost is terrifying, it is in large part due to the way those three guys play it. Um, the play, at no point, suggests that the appearance of a ghost is something that is an easily assimilated or regular occurrence for, for these people on stage. Yes, they suspect immediately, Horatio, Hamlet, both suspect immediately that it might be um, a trick played on them by Satan. If you can say to yourselves in rehearsal, it's a real ghost, what would we feel like now? What would you feel like? Um, you, actor, playing Marcellus, if a ghost, the ghost, of recently deceased, extraordinarily powerful figure walked into the room, you'd be terrified. So, that, so that's all you can do. That's all you can do. You also, it also, It's extremely well lit. There's, that's something else that we can do. Maybe that thing of, you see, that's, and
0: you say that, but when I saw it for the first time, um, I did think that, that... Um, because Rory Kinnear takes longer than I've seen any other Hamlet take to turn round. When Horatio, Horatio says, look over there, your dad's there, yeah. he takes a very long time to turn round. And for the first time ever, in all the times I've seen it, I thought, bloody hell, what it would be well, like if someone said, your dad where,
1: is over there. Yeah, but, but do you see, what's interesting there is that that, is, um, that emerged in rehearsal, that when the ghost appears, not at the beginning of the play, but when the ghost appears to Hamlet, Hamlet is, to be honest, rabbiting on to um, to Horatio about about how embarrassed he is by um, by the reputation the Danes have abroad for being heavy drinkers. You think why is he talking? Why why is he talking at such great length about um, the drink problem in um, in um, modern Denmark? Um, And then you realize, oh, the answer must be that he is terrified, that he's talking to fill the time. that These are words to fill the air because they've agreed that it's gone midnight and past midnight is when the ghost appears. From there, you move on to what if the ghost appears behind him as he's talking and the other three see the ghost before he sees the ghost and that just as he finishes talking, he realizes from the way they're behaving that this thing is there already. A lot of what's most startling to me when I watch it um, was discovered by the actors in this, uh, in this company without my intervention. The first time David Calder um, did his famous speech at the beginning, um, this above all the, to thine own self, yeah. The precepts to, uh, to Laertes. It ends with a very, very famous, this, uh, this above all, very famous pair of lines. This above all to thine own self be true, and it will follow as the night, the day Thou canst not then be false to any man. Um, David just did it, first time he did it. He'd thought about it already. Um, and this company is full of actors who do a hell of a lot of thinking and As he played it, he made it quite clear that he bears a huge burden of guilt. He's been false over and over, and actually we think that specifically he was false to the old king, and at the very least um, kept quiet on the day when he knew Claudius was going to murder him. Maybe he was even complicit in the murder, but sure as hell, a man who is spymaster-in-chief knows what it's like um, not to be true to himself. Now, that was David's inspiration. And quite seriously, a lot of the time in rehearsal, my job was to go, that's brilliant. Keep <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some double casting in this production, and the um, actor who plays
0: Polonius, uh, David Calder, then also plays the gravedigger. Is there any meaning?
1: I assume yes. Shakespeare's company was 16 strong. The reason why nowadays um, large scale Shakespeare, us, the RSC, tend to be somewhere between 20 and, or 22 and 28 is we include the understudies as, as part of the on stage company. So and that's what we tend to do spread the parts amongst them and they understudy each other. Uh, I'm sure that Polonius and the Gravedigger doubled um, back in 1601. Um, I'm pretty sure the Ghost and um, and the Player King doubled. Which and you also do in this, we also yeah. do. These are very good, traditional, we're not the first who've done it, it's one of the traditional doubles. Uh, it's brilliant that the Player King is played by the same actor who plays Hamlet's father because the Player King plays the equivalent part of Hamlet's father and then Claudius is confronted with the actor who plays earlier on in the Hamlet, his brother. I think there is something enormously poignant about the same actor who played Ophelia's father, being the character who digs Ophelia's grave—it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's that straightforward, really. Thank you very much to Nicholas Hytner. Thank you very much to all of you. Thank
0: you.